0: La, 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 Mm -hmm. my name is Matt and this is Zeb and we are DJ in the fridge. (laughs) 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 You're not talking to test your level, by the way. Oh, talk, talk, talk. Hey, this is Zeb. Come on, Mr. Director. I've got a lot of
1: interesting things to say. (laughs) Uh This won't be awkward or boring at all.
0: Oh, boy. We're in for it.
2: It's okay. They they hold me responsible. If it is, it's okay. That's (laughs) That's okay. We're very boring people. We, we have okay. nothing interesting to say. All right, say. good. Well, this will be a Three Boring People
1: podcast. <laughs> Very exciting for everybody
2: involved. Worst case scenario,
0: my stomach's making lots of noises, so we might get a lot of that. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's going to be wonderful. And sorry, what's
1: your name again? Jason. Jason. Yes. <laughs> okay. And this is your podcast? It is. Great. Yes. Everybody's got drinks. I feel like So who's out. they? They?
2: The people who, the few people who listen to this podcast. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. <just, laughs> no. That'll be your fault? So. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... I don't know what I'm going to do. That's okay. Um, It's all winging it. We're going to wing it. Mm -hmm. This is a comedy on vinyl podcast. With me, Matt Senreich, and I did pronounce it correctly. Please, or is it? Is it? Uh,
0: um, I never pr- correct people when they say my name. <laughs> Tell me. Yes. My
2: last name is Klom, and everybody says Clam. Okay,
0: that's, that's not bad. I say Senreich. Senreich. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See, I'm an but asshole. No, it's okay.
0: I think my dad says something different, so it's it's all it's all okay. Okay. I'm a very fucked up family. Am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, yeah. I, don't know if I am. absolutely. Yep. That's okay. That's a big part of it. Oh, Geraged. perfect.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I rarely curse too. And and I also have Zeb Wells
1: <laughs> with me. Hello. I said all that. Correctly. That's an easy one to say. It yes. is. It seems to be. Definitely. Um, so, so Jason, what are we yeah. doing here? To well, break we're it here. To First <laughs> of <to> all, <break laughs> down for your listeners. Zeb doesn't understand Remind what a podcast them. is.
2: Okay. All well, podcast. <laughs> uh We're here to talk a little bit about Robot Chicken. Oh boy. Okay. Um, but the the premise of it is that one or two of you may or may not like comedy albums of some kind. <laughs> now. Uh, and, it, and it's fine We have people come on Who, who just pick a, a favorite comedian And blah 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 So I'm just gonna have you rapid fire Name some albums that you love
1: Name some albums that I love Yep and let's no pressure. see and,
2: and then you can just pop in If if there's somebody you like and if not, Okay there's... well I
1: guess the biggest ones would be When I was a kid It was Bill Cosby I believe it was a greatest hits album mm-hmm. I see like the best of Bill Cosby Sure mm-hmm. That was good Good Because your parents didn't mind If you were listening to Bill Cosby Absolutely So you could But he's a great comedian So you know, you learn a lot, but of course. you're allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. So I listened to that over and over again, and then I guess in college, the big ones for me were Adam Sandler, They're All Gonna mm-hmm. Laugh At You, which mm-hmm. I stand behind. I think that's a classic. Uh-huh. I just listened to it. It came up on my iPod, and I listened to the whole thing. The whole thing. I think <laughs> it stands up. Uh-huh. I think it's... Uh, that was very influential to me. And then... One that I had to make myself because I can't find it was Richard Pryor live in concert.
0: I saw that on HBO yeah. when it was on when I was young, and it changed me for
2: sure. Which one? Now, which one? he's is in a red the... shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. completely
1: sweat through by the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. And he, I think it was the first time I'd heard a black man use the N word confidently mm-hmm. and take it back. You know, that was the first time I had heard that, right, which right. I which blew me away. Uh-huh. And but then he, he's also doing. Funny animal voices. He tells many <laughs> stories about his dog from his dog's point of view. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. Started, okay. He no one does a white man like mm. Richard Pryor. <laughs> if I, I well, listened Pry- to him, Richard
0: Pryor was just like quintessential inspiration like again it's like even just beyond just comedy album like his movies with Gene Wilder to this day are are the things that I watched growing up laughing more than I ever should and I don't know how my parents let me watch these things in any way shape or form because I do remember my parents taking me to you know seeing a bunch of their stuff and and not understanding why Um, yeah it just made for uncomfortable business I'm surprised you didn't mention like a Seinfeld album of some sort
1: well, I, I think I came to know Seinfeld from the television sure. show, and
0: I still remember his HBO comedies. That's where I watched yeah, I don't all remember of it. That. He did, he did like it was a, like a young comedian's comedy special, and it had like Jerry Seinfeld, a guy named Bob Nelson, mm-hmm. um, who did like this football like oh, yeah. like a whole presentation about a guy like every player on the football team, and mm-hmm. he just did it. Um, and then there was um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, uh, um, Oh, this is gonna kill me. I'll remember it in a little bit, but um, uh, he, yeah, it was just like a an all star roster of people. Mm. Um, Were and you, like, uh, watching the young comedians, yeah, and yes, like that? exactly. Okay. That's well, that's, that's the guy. type of stuff that I loved and uh and I watched a lot of. But again, it was HBO that introduced me to all these things, like yeah. more so than like listening to actually the comedy records, the comedy albums. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I can't find that Richard Pryor live in concert on DVD or like it's a digital download and in college I had made I couldn't find it either so I had made a cassette tape of it I had recorded it off of (laughs) uh, like a VHS (laughs) copy and I listened to it I wish I could find that because it is hilarious. <laughs> Do you, did either of you
2: make friends over comedy as kids? Was it like, I mean, if it's an album, it's one thing you can pass around or sit and listen to people deliberately with. If it's a show, you might go to school and talk about it the next day. Or, you know what I mean? Do right, kids- yeah.
0: Um, for me, it was always like the late night sleepovers that I had with friends where we'd sneak into like the family room and watch HBO when we weren't supposed to. That's awesome. Um, we were probably, Yeah. I would say it was never like, yeah, for some reason when I was a kid at school, I was the awkward kid who didn't talk to many people. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wouldn't say it necessarily bothered me until I was much older yeah. and could talk about these people and we're doing what we're doing and you know talking about the people or bringing in the people that inspire us to yeah. actually be on the show.
1: Me and my roommate in college, I remember when he first moved in, I came in, it was like, a, like the first week, I came in, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I saw that he had had a big, he had a big container of cookies. And so I was like, you know, he's not here. He's not going to miss a couple of cookies. So I go over and I start just bombing these cookies. And as I'm doing that, I see the covers on his bed start to rustle. (laughs) And he looks up, he had stayed home sick from school. And I was just, my mouth was just full of his cookies and I just had to say, Hey, hey dude. I was like, What, what are you doing? I was like, oh, just eating some cookies. You can't do anything at that no. point besides just say, I'm just eating your cookies, replace the lid and walk out of there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he was the one he was around later and, and I, I think I had brought home that Richard Pryor special and we watched it four or five times. So me and him bonded over that. That Jesus. was our that was our album for that year. Yeah. For sure. We listened to it going to bed, we listened to it all the time.
2: Was it one of those things you were ever comfortable quoting, and then later realized in life maybe that was a mistake? (laughs) Some people, I get a lot of those stories. Yeah.
1: Well, it's bad because yeah, there are some bits that are so good, but I guess when I was young, it was always uh, Bill Cosby. It it was fine. Yeah. So no, I never. I was always old enough. I I had a very well developed sense of shame and deceit (laughs) when it came to my parents. Like I knew early on, they made it very clear. That, uh they you know that they didn't like anything <laughs> like that so i was always very aware of what i was allowed to say around people that's, that's good did you
2: do you remember the first comedy album you ever listened to period or no
1: i think it had to have been that uh, bill cosby album for sure do you know which one it was that great it was i bet i could was it look himself it up or was it i think it was the best of bill cosby oh, I, okay. yeah, no, 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 I just yeah. bought it you know it's got like the mm-hmm. noah's ark stuff yes, yeah, on of course, it yeah. it's got him coming home from the movie the scary movie (laughs) and he's talking about his feet going up ahead of him like i what i what was great about him is a lot of his bits are just he was such a good storyteller so a lot of his comedy was just him telling funny stories very well Mm -hmm. which i think is a great skill to learn you could tell by how hilarious that Cookie Story was. Yeah, it was great. It was well delivered. <laughs> yeah, very. I don't see by.
0: how exactly it tied <laughs> into the bigger picture of it. Because but we, was, we, there was a. It was, was a, a bonding schism, experiment. There was
1: yeah. a schism, and then we bonded. Okay, got it. <laughs> I didn't. I did. I didn't get the connective tissue there,
2: though. It's okay. It worked out pretty well. Do you remember the first special you watched? Um, like the First time you were aware that comedians were a thing.
0: I mean, those HBO comedy specials, the Young Comedians ones were the ones that were always on. I mean, they repeated them probably a thousand times. And and HBO just embedded anything that they put on TV just into your brain that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even going back before that, probably the earliest stuff that I listened to is probably the Weird Al parody stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, I would say that was like the early age that I I was doing that with. And, you know... um, I would just listen to that on repeat I of like course. that better than the regular songs of course yeah. um, you know yeah because I don't think I even understood the lyric, the, the actual lyrics of the real songs no. but I, I could appreciate that and then you know it all led to you know eventually UHF coming out which I thought was like the second coming of course um, of course. and uh, yeah and then I was just infatuated with Weird Al for a very long time
2: as, as you should be yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to figure out the lyrics to beat it I <laughs> legitimately <laughs> but I know all of them to eat it I, um, yeah exactly it's funny
1: growing up with MTV I feel like a lot of people watched MTV. Our family watched it, just because I think everyone was still, you know, wondering what videos were. Mm-hmm. And then when all of a sudden it turned, you know, there was a funny video on, you know, a weird to eat it. Yeah, it, your your brain just kind of lit up, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so much better <laughs> yeah. than, than a regular video. It it was, like the, so- the the song's just as good, but he's not taking himself so seriously. Mm-hmm. There's something charming yeah. about it.
2: There was, I mean, it was pop candy in so many ways and also like in a lot of cases brilliant satire um segue to your show only because like it it does make me think you know when i think of weird al i do think of instantly of bright colors and of pop and of but satire at the same time like this underlying he refuses to accept that he's got a dark side but there's there's a lot of darkness to it you guys might (laughs) wear it on your sleeve on on the show but i mean Uh, Do you ever notice like specific influences coming out? I mean, besides the obvious pop culture references, but Um, specific comedic...
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was very flattering. I think it was our second season, Uh, Al actually reached out to us to do a music video for him uh, for Weasel Stomping Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, (laughs) we were really confused why he was reaching out. Um, We just... It never even... It wasn't even a possibility that something like that would happen. And right. we ended up becoming friends with him from that. And we great. just had a wonderful experience working with him. And, um, you know, even in uh, White and Nerdy, um, Seth has the brief cameo oh, yeah. in that. That's and all, uh, all the action figures that he ends up using are all of my action figures in really? the back wall for that. Um, which we helped set dress with him <laughs> and uh, for the, like, five-second shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, as far as, like, uh, influences and stuff like that, yeah, I mean... You can see with, like, we're all over the map with the stuff that we're putting on. Like, again, Mm -hmm. like with musical comedy, I think that's coming uh, more so in our our more recent uh, seasons where we have uh, artists like uh, Rachel Bloom, um, who's amazing, and uh, Eric Weiner. uh, They do a lot of that stuff for us. And then, um, yeah, I would say everybody else just kind of draws upon their own personal influences, and that's why that writer's room works so well, is everybody comes from a different background. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: What is it, what is it for you that, I mean, I, I, is it bite-sized by necessity for the most part? Like, because there are very few sketches I've ever seen that can pull off a one-line sketch. Um, And to spend all the time to animate it. I
0: I mean, I wish there was more brilliance to the concept of it. I mean, we always wanted it to be ADD TV. That Mm -hmm. was was really what the idea of it was. Um, It was, you know, a sketch comedy show using action figures. And, you know, the very first note we got in our first season from Mike Lazo, the head of the network, was make the long sketches shorter and the short sketches a little bit longer. And, um, you know, so we went from like the three-second shot to about 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. We went from the four-minute sketch to like two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helped balance out the show pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's really, we just don't want to stay on anything for too long because if you get bored, we don't want someone to flip the channel. We're on to the next sketch. Of course. Which, again, I always say there's 25% of this show that I hate um, because I didn't vote for it to get in the show, but I was right. outvoted, you know, uh, in the room.
1: Mm-hmm. What's good about writing on the show is that a lot of times you discover as you start writing, You have a funny idea, Mm -hmm. and then you get to let that idea tell you how long it needs to be. You know, I feel like a lot of shows where you would be, you would have to fill a certain amount of time just for production reasons, Mm -hmm. which, frankly, we should probably do. Of course. But but we don't, which is great. We let the idea, if the idea is only worth, you know, having around for 10 seconds, we figure out what the idea is, we chuckle we get out of there. Yeah. You know, there's no imperative to stretch it out mm-hmm. if it doesn't need to. But then if an idea can handle that, we're allowed to stretch that out to a two or three minute sketch, which yeah. is great. So everything is only as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm
0: finding as, as the seasons go on, we compress things a lot more. I was actually watching, I turned on the TV last night and it was an old episode. It was our, we did a V sketch with like, mm-hmm. uh, and it was with all it's
1: of... It's It's so long.
0: It's so long. <laughs> and i still found myself laughing at it, but there was these like long pauses between the lines of dialogue which we would never do now right like it's really like rapid fire on top of each other Mm -hmm. because i think the and again it sounds so old for me to say but i think we're in this day and age where the internet has made everything so much faster with vine and you know just the instagram video and stuff like that it's it's so fast-paced and you have to get something out so quickly Mm -hmm. um that it just feels long when you have those those pauses now Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's just different. It's it's weird to watch earlier seasons because it's so different than we would do it now.
2: Yeah. But you guys still have a taste for the older, slower storytellers, maybe, you know? Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, and I I just wonder, I mean, I think people probably assume if they see your work or see this as, as all of your work, which it really, you know, you can't really consider one show all of somebody's work, uh, that all of your influences must be similar. I mean, did you have any more frenetic influences that...
0: Um, Gosh, I mean, for me, there's a reason why Seinfeld speaks, I mean, they say it in the show, it's a show about nothing. Um the reason I like Seinfeld and, you know, I even like... It's Kevin Smith also. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... I think what we do and just... We just went one step further than what Kevin Smith went in the sense of... We take those surreal experiences and make them mundane. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith just talked about those surreal experiences and projected what his thoughts about them were. Sure, um, We just are doing it with toys so we actually get to act them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that's what, uh, you know, it, is, it just... I've totally lost my train of thought with that. But but yeah, it's just uh I think that's how those the influences come across. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't but know. Yeah, like...
1: we I don't know if we have any frenetic influences or No. It's that, yeah, maybe some
0: too. of our actors end up coming in and, you know, reading lines of dialogue in ways that in which they were inspired. Sure. Um
1: Yeah. But otherwise it's just we're all over the map again it's it's good yeah yeah. i think it's just being paranoid and be or or critical of yourself and and thinking well if this isn't funny i mean i think the room has been great for me as a writer over the years because if something (laughs) isn't funny or just mildly unamusing it's just instantly cut like we just don't have any patience for something that's not bringing something to the table now sometimes, like Matt said, you're outvoted in something that you don't think, think is, is not the funny. Most... Mm-hmm. But you at least know that somebody in the room passionately believes in that joke yeah. enough to bring it I think Kevin. Kevin <laughs> Shinick,
0: one of our writers, said it best. He's like, the room doesn't determine what's funny. The room determines what's funny for the show. Yeah. And right. and like, you know, other people, like again, you can use that stuff and it will work in other places. Course, yeah. uh, right. I mean, the biggest conversation we always have in the room is this is funny, but it's not robot chicken. And yeah. which is I don't know if it's a it's praise or an insult because <laughs> when someone does that, you're really just slapping them down, saying, "No, you're not getting your thing on the sure, show," sure. Um, which is never a good feeling.
1: <laughs> but we yeah, but we do have the opportunity to do anything with our puppets, and mm-hmm. our puppets are very colorful, fun to look at, mm-hmm. and exciting. So there are just some sketches where you are wasting the opportunity <laughs> if it's just a very mundane conversation or too right or yeah. too boring, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess in that way that this kind of writers room setup must be perfect for you if only because you know to do a long 45 minute album a storytelling album is being on the road for years and developing it whereas for you you want to be shot down and just move on right yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean that's you kind of I do you get addicted to that a little bit or do you want to do <laughs> do you want to do something a little more long form
0: Oh I think everybody you know, in that room wants to do long form and enjoys long form more. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah, yeah, I can yeah, say yeah. that genuinely. Everyone yeah. in that room and I always laugh about it is people come from all different walks of life from that room they're not sketch people they're not ADD in that way yeah. like um a bunch of people came from Wizard magazine out with me so we were okay. journalists um one of two of our guys you know Eric and Jordan came from off-broadway plays mm-hmm. um you know uh um I'm trying to think some other people um Hugh might be one of the only people Hugh Davidson is a groundlings person okay. so yeah. has that sketch ba- background yeah. um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think other people who do do long form versus uh, short form, but um, you know, and then we've had people go off like Jessica Gow just worked on um uh, Silicon Valley, oh, okay. um, you know, uh, Dan Milano created Greg the Bunny, mm-hmm. you know, it's just again like they're they're all over the place these people, um, and again you just mesh them together and you see how it all works out. Of course, um, who did I leave out? I feel like <laughs> I'm leaving out people. Well, There's been a bunch. I know. now at This point, Shinnick ran Mad Mag, uh, the Mad Show, and um. Yeah, it's just a great writer. We had
1: Mikey Day for, for a glorious two yep. cycles, and now he's on SNL. So yeah. maybe
0: he, yeah, but he's also Groundling. He came yeah, from the he's Sketch a World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a little bit all over the place, but yeah, it's a, it's a
2: good group. Do you, um, if if. if Sorry,
0: oh, no worries. <laughs> oh, Mayhar is a right, good example. Right, down 19 minutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Mayhar, uh, is another writer who worked on "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" okay. and uh, is is just yeah, long form. So yeah, writer. I
1: do think that there is a uh, uh, learning curve. You know, because mm-hmm. I think you come in and you your natch. Everybody comes in and their first week they're writing too long. Oh, I think that happens with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody comes in there writing at the pace that we do the show at it's something that you kind of you you figure out Mm -hmm. you know in the first couple weeks what that it needs to be the the funny idea condensed (laughs) down to its funniest beats and then get out of there do
2: you guys at all miss sometimes we get nostalgic on the show do you guys ever miss having physical albums or or physical media of any kind because it it was a very important at least for me Uh, growing up
0: only in the sense of collectability yeah. And it's that geek factor of me, like, mm-hmm. I like physical comic books. You know, sure. I grew up with that. I like action figures. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm getting older, I find I don't need them. Of course. You know, and, mm-hmm. like, you sit there, and I don't know if you're the same way, but, like, I only buy graphic novels now. Okay. I don't buy comic books, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's a very specific type. Um, same thing with albums. It's like I'll buy something on iTunes, and then... You know. well, that's
1: what sucks, and it it is what it is. Yeah. But when you when it was an album, you would put it in your car, mm-hmm. and maybe you get in your car and you drive, and for a couple of weeks you'd be too lazy to change it. Yes. So just by the nature <laughs> of it being in your car, mm-hmm. you would become intimately aware of that album. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now you get in your car and you say shuffle songs, <laughs> and you shuffle it around. You might you hear a track from an album, or mm-hmm. you never get that that really it never imprints itself right. on you like an album does, where you're where if you don't hear the the second song come after the first song, something in your brain goes, hey, yes. you know, because you, yeah. you think of the album as a whole. Exactly. And even when you'd make a, a mix CD, you would get used to that mix CD because it would be in your car of for course. a month or two months mm-hmm. instead of you just, you, you know, because what, everyone has thousands of songs on their iPod. So... Uh-huh. I think very rarely do you say, I'm going to listen to this album and mm-hmm. put it on. And
2: you can't really... I mean, it, it doesn't look at it as an album. You'd have to record the thing as one long track and then yeah. be forced to. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Have to sort of you, you have to make a time commitment, and I don't think people do that.
1: Yeah, and because that Sandler album, mm-hmm. there was three months of my life where that's all I listened yeah. to when I was in the car. So I just knew it frontward and backward. You learn new things to love about it. You learn little nuances, and you mm-hmm. feel like you know that... I feel like I knew Adam Sandler, or at least his humor, yeah. by the end of that. I didn't realize you'd like him so much. We got to bring him on Robot Chicken, or at least ask oh, him. Oh yeah, we've like never that. asked, and uh, we've never asked. I think Happy Gilmore. <laughs> uh, I think Happy Gilmore was the most I've ever <laughs> laughed in a theater, <laughs> when Carl Weathers pulls up his broken hand for the first time. <laughs> that whole run, I was just, I was in heaven. I was just, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but. And I think a lot of the reasons why I imprinted on those movies so much is because I felt like I knew Adam Sandler Mm. because I knew his comedy so well. I knew what I knew what he thought was funny. Well, it's kind of how I mean. I think
0: the modern version of that is the Lonely Island guys. I mean, you know, it's the Mm -hmm. same way. I mean, your obsession and it's not a bad thing. Your obsession with uh, MacGruber and uh, Hot Rod speak volumes, also. (laughs) You know, it's like yeah, it's it's a very
1: idiosyncratic way of looking at the world, and it's you you just feel like it imprints upon you and you take take from that. Definitely. Yeah.
2: Which is I imagine harder as comedy writers, but or maybe not. Is that I mean, do, I, do you have any fear of I mean, the thing is what you're doing is you you get to play with existing properties entirely. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I mean, is there as much of a fear, or are you just you just? Oh
0: yeah, we're ruining kids' childhood. No, it's like course. yeah, I mean, as you, you worry like if there if there's a sketch that flops with a a big property, uh-huh. you know, it's it's you're destroying a memory of that property in some capacity. I mean, it was a big it was a big fear of mine when we started doing our Star Wars specials. Like, yeah. I, I, there was serious paranoia in some way that we were going to let people down. Yeah. Um and then when we went to the second and even the third, it, it got even greater because there was even more awareness surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um it's weird that I don't feel that way about our DC specials, but I think that's also because DC is Jeff Johns, who we grew up with and we know really well, and we have a friendship with him, That whereas with the Star Wars stuff, it's George Lucas, and you're paranoid that mm-hmm. you do not want to let this, you know, quote-unquote, master down. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a serious paranoia for me. I don't know if uh-huh. you felt the same way.
1: Uh, I just feel, you know, I know that <laughs> there's sometimes when you do a sketch on Robot Chicken where you know that you're not going to be able... <laughs> Robot Chicken, even Robot Chicken will not do a second sketch on this character. Okay, yeah. you know it is so. You know we're not going to do another Bone Riders sketch. You know, no, not that I wrote that sketch. And, I, and I'm, but there's pressure sometimes when you think everyone who remembers this property mm-hmm. will get such a kick out of this. Right, you've got, and this is your one shot, so you've got to make sure that you're doing those viewers justice. You know mm-hmm. that they'll see it. And say, oh my God, I remember that, and oh my God, that's a, that's a fun, intelligent uh, spin on that. It's yeah. interesting.
0: So you worry more about the small contingent of people that would know those very, <laughs> you know, random property. Right. The, whereas I'm paranoid about the masses the big, the who will throw ones. the rocks right. and and hit us right. and, uh, and at the conventions and in public. Exactly. Okay. Good to know how you per-
2: <laughs> perceive these things niche baby (laughs) yeah you guys have like 30 minutes right just so that i know that's what they said oh yeah yeah Yeah. okay i just want to make sure um so well first uh, let's uh, is there anything specific to promote right now about robot chicken i don't i want to make sure um
0: robot chicken we're in our seventh season Mm -hmm. when is this airing
1: uh it can go up wednesday
0: oh wow okay um yeah this is i mean it's an interesting
1: season because of all the specials that we're doing and we started with the second Robot Chicken DC, DC. comic special. Mm-hmm. And then we have, well, I guess the, the season finale, which we always take a little extra. Our care season of.
0: finale this season is going to, once again, change the lore of our actual Robot Chicken, which rarely shows up in sketches. Mm-hmm. But we will do something with the Robot Chicken himself in the finale, awesome. which is going to be uh, hopefully epic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yet to see it. Cut together. It's looking good. That's what I keep You'll hearing. See it right after. After right this, after this yeah. take you um, the And then um, we're actually doing a bitch pudding special. Um, so that character, which was like a again a throwaway mm. gag uh-huh. in like an early season had just taken on a life of her own. It's like our humping robot or our nerd character. And like so we're gonna devote a full episode to bitch pudding. And it's a um, but it's a
1: long form story. Yes. Which we've I don't think we've ever done That's on crazy. robot chicken. Like to with an original instinct, character? Say, no. There's a story there are no channel flips. It is just a fun eleven minute story written by Tom Root, yep. one of the head writers. Uh-huh. I'm really excited about that. I think it's turning out great and just let everybody stretch some different muscles. <laughs> yeah.
2: On, a, on, I mean, on a show <clears throat> that seems, you know, I, on a show with such a, I, I hate to call it a strict format. It is, it is kind of, kind of ballsy to have to, to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. yeah. That long with with an original character on a show that's not. Yeah, that's really
1: and I'm, I'm I'm happy with how well it's working. Yeah, and it's too. one of those things it's too
0: awesome. where like I always I always say like you know something in animation it's always tricky to see what's going to land mm-hmm. and you know, there are always those stages where it'll hit. And that first one after it's written, it's that voice talent that, that brings something to the table. And, sure. you know, Bitch Pudding only came alive when Katie Sackhoff, like, recorded that thing. And, again, you just don't know what you're going to get until it happens. Uh-huh. I, I always point back to that gummy bear sketch that we did. And uh, that gummy bear sketch was such a simple sketch. And mm-hmm. when Michelle Trachtenberg uh, recorded it, that long, just, terrible rant of hers of cursing because <laughs> um, she's just got a potty mouth um, was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And again, that scream is unparalleled and um, again, that it turned that character into an icon for yeah. our show.
1: Yeah, and that was a sketch that I hated when I, <laughs> I... That was my first cycle working and that was the first time I worked up some nerve to say, guys, <laughs> I don't think this is funny. And then, but yeah, when, you never know... She blew out the mic. yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. and, and then you that, see yeah. it and you're like, oh... That's what makes comedy so terrifying. Yeah, if <laughs> you just, I mean, it's all subjective. You never know. And a lot of times, I start out thinking I'm right about something, and I tend end up I'm dead wrong. Sometimes mm-hmm. you think you're right, and you were right. And it's mm-hmm. I mean, we all have those sketches, Yeah,
0: we all have those sketches. Like again, I always come back to the origin of Starbucks sketch, which was I hated that I sketch. Hated that sketch. <laughs> As I was well, yeah. adamantly <laughs> against it. I voted against it. I saw it in animatic. I was like, this is going to be terrible. And when I saw the animated piece put together. I was. It's one of my top five, hands down. That's
2: insane. Uh, Normally, at the end of an episode, we would say, why would you listen to this album? So why don't you (laughs) say why people should listen to Bill Cosby? Mm. Why people
1: should listen to Bill Cosby? Because you will feel like you know Bill Cosby by the end of that album, and you will have, you know, he's just a consummate storyteller. You will know, if you study that album, if you can become intimately aware of that album, you will know how to tell a story.
2: See, that's awesome. That is something people don't actually normally bring up. Uh, They don't normally look at it in an intimate way. Normally, it's more of just your intimate relationship with, hey, I listened to the album on my own, or I shared it with a bunch of friends. Fewer people ever talk about, no, I I might be inside this guy's head. Yeah, exactly. You (laughs) get a little,
1: you take a little piece of them and they affect how you look at the world or how you make fun of the world. Of course. If you're going to comedy, they affect what your skewed little bit of the comedy world is. Yeah.
0: For me, um, I would, I mean, I'll just point to you just because we saw him in the last year. Like, we just watched, we just went to Vegas and we saw uh, Seinfeld Live. Yeah. And he had such an art of starting out slow with it uh-huh. and the builds to the laughs. Sure. Like, I, I. that was the one thing I was tracking was just like, it was it was laughing, and then by the end, I honestly, that last run that he builds to um, of like five minutes, it was like hurting me yeah. of how much I was laughing. And you look around that audience at how it does, and it was just that pacing that he has yeah. that mm-hmm. he just knew where to hit it each time because you have to catch your breath to be able to get the next one. Right. And mm-hmm. you could tell he probably, he must have traveled for who knows how long to master that entire set that he did. Yes. Um, it, it was it was genuinely mind-boggling because it's rare. That I will go to some sort of stand-up show that will keep me laughing the whole way through. There are always those pauses or those moments where I'm like, this subject doesn't have it for me, yep. and it's fine, and you can check out for a brief moment. But mm-hmm. but yeah, like he's unrivaled in in any way for me. Yeah, um,
1: like a, a jokes are jokes. They're kind of parlor tricks. They sure. just they start one way and then they turn or mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. surprise you. But when you have a funny perspective, then you can listen to the person and they've honed their mm-hmm. skill you exactly, can just listen yeah. to them talk about anything for hours yeah yep. i mean
2: the art of delivery is something jerry science you cannot deny. no it doesn't matter no. if you don't like no. him yeah um and i'm half and half of them most of the time but like you, you cannot deny the art of no. The, no and the math of it yeah, yeah it's perfect yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and and the reason again it comes down to well the, the reason i like him is he's just talking about everyday things mm-hmm. and again that's where all of the stuff that we do with robot chicken is We like to give everyday things to these supernatural characters, these these larger-than-life characters, and that's, you know, people don't think of them that way. It all starts, you know, and the the thing that made Robot Chicken really pop in a way is that Emperor phone call, which was Mm -hmm. just a very simple scenario of the Emperor talking about his day, and then he gets a call (laughs) waiting call and just talking about what he wants for lunch. It's a very simple premise you know yeah. and then it was all about just the dialogue that he was adding into that um which i give Breck and Meyer a lot of credit for um because he just re-dialogued that entire thing and it was a doug Goldstein scene uh collaborate collaboration um That's just awesome. yeah to get us where we are
2: it's not unlike cosby's noah sketch i mean you're dealing with a biblical <laughs> character yeah it should, not no. no. it should not be funny at all should not be has no right to be funny <laughs> but it's brilliant yeah it's so simple well thank you guys for doing this yeah no
0: worries no thank you for having us obviously
2: watch Robot Chicken
0: (laughs) you don't have to okay (laughs) (laughs) well done. I take that back no please
2: we need to get paid (laughs) where can where can everybody follow you guys
0: Um, where can we be followed Um, uh, Twitter um, at WizMattS our our actual Twitter handle for Robot Chicken is at CyborgTurkey that's a good one that's a good one you I'm at Zeb Wells easy enough um, and then, um, yeah, RobotChicken.com is probably a great place. That's where a lot of our stuff for Adult Swim is. So uh, you can see all the sketches and things like that there. And uh, if you want to see the stuff that our company does as a whole, because we do more than just Robot Chicken, League uh, LeagueOfBuddies.com is a great place to just see all the animation that we're, we've been doing beyond just Robot Chicken. Awesome. Yeah.
2: Thank you guys for doing this. Oh, no. Thank thank you for 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 having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening, and as always, have a good thing.